Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Dear Fat Millie, I'm writing to you from my crisp, adorable floral print papier notebook. You'll know it's me because it has my name across the front, which I love. I'm also obsessed with my personalized stationery cards. They scream, this fatty's important and chic. Papier works with leading artists and brands to offer an unrivaled collection of notebooks, planners, cards, and invitations delivered straight to your home. Go to papier.com and save 15% off your first order with code She's All Fat. Get free delivery in the U.S. on all orders over $75. That's P-A-P-I-E-R.com with code She's All Fat. Sincerely, Sophie. I'm sitting here with my CBD oils, so excited to tell you all about Rosebud CBD. I've talked before on the show about how I use CBD oil to manage my anxiety. A lot of people also use it to manage chronic pain or to sleep better. Rosebud CBD is dedicated to giving you the best CBD no matter what you're using it for. I love my cute little CBD oil. I use it twice a day to stay chill and calm. They keep direct relationships with their farmers to use the best ingredients possible, and they're all about being transparent with their customers. So whether you're a longtime CBD user looking to try it out or find more about their supply chain, head to rosebudcbd.com. Use discount code SAFLOVESROSEBUD for 15% off your CBD oils and salves. That's SAFLOVESROSEBUD at rosebudcbd.com. I'm Sophie. I'm April. And this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill pipes only. This week, we'll discuss fatties on Instagram, I'm Baby, and astrology memes. I'll talk to meme makers at Fat Baby and at Memes for Validation. What do you think, April? We'll see about that. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, April, tell me those obsessions. What's up? I'm back again. Okay, I'm pulling up my list. How are, how are y'all? I hope well. I have a cold as usual, but otherwise, you know, I'm alive. Okay, I'm back and these are my obsessions. Number one, new Netflix show called Dead to Me. It might just be the algorithm, but when I opened Netflix the day the show came out, Netflix was like, listen, bitch, click, click, like this is what you're going to watch. It's kind of like the algorithm was like, great here, ma'am, take a left. You're going to be directing, directed directly to Dead to Me. And I was like, we'll see about that. 10 minutes in, I freaking love it. Okay, so here's the concept. Christina Applegate, which side note, Christina Applegate used to be the Gerber baby. Look it up. So Christina Applegate, former Gerber baby, um, is attending a grief group because her husband just died. Okay, so Linda Cardellini um, meets her at this grief group and stuff happens they are in interviews i don't want to give any spoilers but in interviews they're describing it as a traumedy so like it's funny but there are a lot of scenes of women just alone in hallways sobbing hard 
and I really like that for some reason. <laughs> like, I like those, like, bleak, I like a bleak show. So I enjoy that. Um, the acting is great. I also, you know, if you know me, you know I like shows about, like, rich white women. So it takes place in Laguna Beach. I love that. Um, it just has all my favorite elements. And every episode ends with a cliffhanger that most of them genuinely got me. And, you know, I'm someone who, like, critically watches television. So I'm into Dead to Me. I would recommend it if you, too, like rich white lady shows. Like, if you like Big Little Lies, you're going to want to watch Dead to Me. If you really like Christina Applegate, if you watched Samantha Who and you were obsessed, which I was, you're going to want to watch Dead to Me. And if you just like shows about complicated female relationships, go to your Netflix. Next, Obsession. So the Met Gala happened this week. It'll be a little later once you hear it. And the theme was camp. And a lot of people did well with the with the theme. A lot of people completely fumbled the ball. Thinking about the theme, all I could think about was if I were ever invited to the Met Gala and the theme was camp, I know exactly who I would go with because I love camp. I grew up on so many campy movies and so much campy culture, and I would go as Wesley Snipes in Tu Wong Fu. And then I realized, um, does everybody know about Tu Wong Fu? Please forgive me if I've raved about it on the podcast before. I'm sure I have. But in my mind, the perfect encapsulation of Tu Wong Fu is camp because it's about drag queens and of course drag culture recently has become no longer camp but previously it was camp and also just like the story i feel like camp has a lot to do with like underdogs going from underdog to superstar like that is the encapsulation of camp so all that to say i feel the movie Tu wong fu encapsulates my idea of camp and if i were thinking about an outfit that's immediately where i would go i think that movie is perfect also but so i and i'm not going to name any names but i just think certain people need to take themselves less seriously when it comes to the met gala and just like relax and have fun because if i was famous and i knew i was only going to be famous for a limited amount of time as a woman in hollywood i would have so much fun at the met gala and especially with camp i would go over the top i would be like i'm wesley snipes you know in my full drag and i'm crying (laughs) like i would be on the red carpet crying with no context and to me that is camp being in full drag crying is camp so i would have had more fun with it i just wanted to remind everyone to watch tu wong fu i'm still obsessed with that will be forever um those are my thoughts on that that's my final obsession from this obsession dump um i hope you had fun i had fun okay so take it away nice okay my brief little obsessions for this week. Number one, y'all know that I love Reply All. I think they did a really good job in this pa- most recent past week's episode. They did a little investigation into the origins of like when people say yas on the internet and stuff. Because in the episode before, they um, were asked about it. Like one of the producers asked the other one about it and he was like, oh, it's just an internet thing. And that really like ignored the whole like black queer history behind it, basically. Um, And so instead of just going like, oh, yeah, I messed that up. Or instead of just ignoring it, they interviewed someone who was in Paris is Burning and did a whole little second half of the episode about it, which I thought was really nice. And like, kudos to them. We'll link that show in the show notes. It would be really nice if every time we mess up, we have the... production team abilities to just do a whole half episode investigating it um would love that so that was cool like item wise i've been real into kombucha this week trying to get my probiotics up or whatever we'll see how that goes okay another thing related to this episode that i've been thinking about is kind of like personal memes 
Like basically these are inside jokes, I guess is like a more popular (laughs) word for them. But I just think it's fun to learn what the little things that are big references for you and your group of friends that like nobody else might know. More like the little things that you saw in a movie or a show that for some reason just really hit you the right way that like occur to you all the time. For Lindsay, for hashtag sorry Lindsay, for some reason when she was little, there's like that part in Mulan where the dad is like practicing his sword moves or something. Mulan is watching him not do a good job because he's old and, you know, preparing to go back to war. And then he like stops uh, because something, he like gets a muscle twinge and he goes, oh, oh, and drops the sword or whatever. And that's why Mulan is like, I have to sign up in his place. But for some reason that like, oh, oh sound like really got her like she thought it was really funny so sometimes she'll refer to that and I know that she's talking about that and like cracking up but I don't think anyone like nobody else would assume that that was (laughs) what she was referring to another one between me and Lindsay is there is this one sketch that we'll link to in the show notes that's from when one time Will Ferrell was on SNL and he did this sketch that's like a Broadway review singing songs his character is like a middle-aged man singing like singing songs that are written for young like ingenue female characters but doesn't realize it and the songs that the like SNL writers made up are so stupid and funny and sometimes I get it stuck in my head I don't know why this like I don't know that this sketch is actually a great sketch it just really hit us as funny when we watched it in college and so there's this one part where you drop the clip where he goes like i went to the cupboard you were all out of jazz who took the last of the jazz like goes on from there maria drop the clip i went to the cupboard we were all out of jazz who had the last of the jazz if you finish the jazz you're gonna tell somebody or at least replace the jazz with some attack and then finally just for myself i don't think anyone else i don't think i share this with anyone else it's just a personal meme for me is in singing in the rain when the like silent movie star who has like supposedly a terrible voice or whatever is talking about someone and she she goes like I can't stand them and I can't stand them sometimes when I'm annoyed at someone that comes into my head she's like I can't stand them like no reason if I said it out loud nobody would get it but it's just a personal meme for me I don't know so I guess let me know what your personal memes are I'm curious next we have our Apple podcast review shout outs um Thank you so much to the following people who left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We do um, go in and look at those and feel good about them. So thank you for leaving us a review. Football fan 9087542, KTL8, J Alley 012, um, Brittany or MSB4, uh, DJ ACQSIRK. And K Noobs, thank y'all so much for leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. And we'd like to say thank you and give a shout out to our patrons, our wonderful patrons who support us. And we could not do this without you. We are an independent production. We depend on your support. And you get a lot of extra goodies. You get extra um, audio, 
and all sorts of stuff. So thank you to the following people. Alex, our friend Alex, who's been on the pod. I'm not going to say her last name. Um, Alexis Fleckenstein, Labs Frazier, Emily Clur, Kathy, and Shannon Allen. Thank you all so much. Moving on to corrections, news, tip jar, etc. Um, I want to say sorry. You know who you are. Um, this very sweet person reached out to me on Instagram and asked me to do like a little interview thing for a college project. Um, usually I say no to these because I don't have that much time. I said yes for some reason and then I uh, ran out of time. So <laughs> I'm very sorry to this person. Thank you for believing in me. I'm sorry I let you down. Don't ask me to do interviews for projects because I'm bad at time management. I'm really sorry. Uh, I suck. But I hope this little shout out and helps make you feel better. And I hope that your project went well even without me. Um, okay, call for submissions. Lynn, our junior producer, is doing an episode on fatness in college. So our college family, we want to hear from you. Um, look on the Instagram for more details. We want to hear your experience being fat in college. Um, so send those voice memos in. We are looking forward to that. Okay, this week in our Patreon Facebook group, um, which you can join if you're on Team Paisley Moo or above, people are talking about fat phobia in academia. They're talking about fat spin classes and they're talking about bikini tops. So if those combos sound fun to you, consider joining our Patreon at Team Paisley Moo or above. And we also, for Team I Love Bread, we have a 15-minute at least mini-sode every week um, that's just for our special patrons at Team I Love Bread. Here's a little clip from that. This week, it is a little game we played uh, with one of our interviewees, um, Memes for Validation. We asked her to describe and talk us through some of the memes that we found on Instagram that we really liked. Um, so here's a clip. Like, I feel like at any point, this woman in the painting and me are going to do some extremely white noise. Like, we're about to be <laughs> yeah. like, woo! <laughs> or exactly. like, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, we're about to do, we're about to go just like, yeah! Or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into the meat of it. So before we get into the meme of it, we've got to figure out, what is a meme? I'm going to drop a few succinct summaries from the internet of what a meme is from the Oxford English Dictionary and from a TEDx talk by critic Shantavia Johnson. The word meme is most often used today to refer to something often humorous in nature that is copied and spread rapidly by internet users, be it an image, video, or piece of text. Memes are scientific units of cultural information, and they are using us. Memes are using our brains and the internet to spread themselves as widely as possible online. And sometimes there are ideas attached to those. Cool. Y'all know our junior producer, Lynn? She helped write a ton of this episode, and I'm going to hand over the mic for her to talk through a few of her favorite memes. Hey, it's me. That name you hear in the pod credits and the one always talking about college. 
Let me tell you about the best meme in the world. I smell like beef. I smell like beef. I smell. So, this is a video from 2014. It's this little baby girl named Katie Ryan um, being recorded by her mom, just being like, like a freaking weird little kid who smells like beef. Um, and that's it. Like, there's no text or context or anything. Um, but, like, everyone knows what you're talking about when you're like, I smell like beef. And for some reason, that's the funniest thing in the world to me. I smell like beef. I smell like beef. Okay, this next one. Can you believe? Is Jonathan from Queer Eye. The meme is just, like, he, or it's a gif of him, like, just tilting his head and, like, looking really shocked. Um, you can probably imagine what he looks like hearing it. Um, it's super memeable because it can be applied to like any context. Like um, the best one is from the Twitter user at Southern Homo, who you should follow. And the text says, Christians after Jesus rises again on the third day. Can you believe? Um, I love that so much. And then I'm gonna drag myself with this last one. It's a good example of a kind of like blank slate meme from some like weird cartoon. So this was originally tweeted with no text um, by at Soleri, Solera. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, and it's this like pale little kid scrunched up in a corner writing frantically in a diary. Dear diary, no one feels pain as deeply as I do. No one suffers like I do. I am different. I am alone. And then a million people started commenting like, my Scorpio friend or Scorpios are all like, and then the original account literally tweeted, can y'all please stop uh, quoting this with zodiac signs? Well, thanks. Um, But I have to say like as a Scorpio, Sophie, maybe you can relate. I can think of many times where I've written exactly that, like scrunched up in a corner somewhere with my journal. I think that I'm at a really interesting age because as a borderline millennial slash Gen Zer, although you know I would never mark myself Gen Z, I've been uh, like surrounded by target age audiences for different types of memes since middle school. Uh, like I remember um, in middle school, it was like a crude like video game online picture memes, like that was what was happening. And then in my high school, memes grew out of just, like, pictures, and they were, like, things. Like, I remember my high school did the Harlem Shake. Um, I obviously didn't participate. And then now that I'm in college, it's shifted to, like, like Twitter memes are what's popular. And, like, my friends made, um, like, a Carleton College meme page where they take, like, popular memes and then make them relevant to our college. Um, and, like, when I'm catching up with my friends from home like I'll often be like oh like did you see this meme or like oh it's like like I'll explain things by being like oh it's like this meme I saw um or like part of staying in touch now is like tagging each other or like sending each other memes so I guess they're really important to me um Sophie please tell me that memes matter yes Lynn memes do matter let me tell you some more 
there's been a lot of really interesting writing about memes recently, you know, as we're, we're looking at ourselves as a society. Um, I'm reading this one wired piece about memes. It's linked in the show notes, of course. And it starts with the idea of a hive mind, which is sometimes this thing in zombie movies or like movies about AI being really scary and interconnected and a bunch of people or things or monsters all thinking and moving at once. Sometimes on the internet, in real life, the hive mind can be a scary thing. Like, trolling campaigns can function as a hive mind of hate, which strips away the sense of individual responsibility someone might feel for doing something objectively atrocious, like harassing someone or sending death threats. In memes, though, a hive mind is more about a shared cultural understanding, with individual minds adding detail or little jokes or something new to make a cohesive whole. Like a real hive, you know, like like honeybees. Bees. All right, here they come. Back out. The way that they are attacking, uh, there's no doubt about it. They're a living monster. Wait, that's the wrong bee documentary. How about this one? Bees are so organized. Like just to see the way their hives are set up. Um, just every every single bee has a job, seeing what they're doing. They're just diligent about what they're doing. It's amazing to see how everybody just works right along. And it works. It works. There we go. Memes work because people are building and building on them, adding their own takes and heightening their joke or idea. This is how niche meme accounts thrive. In addition to creating original memes, they can gain popularity by using already popular memes as a template for their particular meme subset. For example, when we make memes at She's All Fat, we'll add a body posy twist on them. That's our niche. It also happens to be the niche of our two guests today. So my name is Paige Panetta. I am memes for validation on Instagram. I mostly post things on my meme account about being fat, being depressed, having anxiety, and everything in between. When did you start memeing? Like, what got you into it? So it's going to be two years next week. And I did it because I I used to, like, look at memes all the time on Instagram. And they were so relatable, but they weren't relatable enough. So I was just like, oh, I could totally do that. Like, that's so easy. Like, anyone could do that. (laughs) Not everyone could do it. It was really hard. But I ended up figuring it out. It also was like a coping mechanism kind of way, like with like depression and anxiety. Like it was like a great way to let out your feelings yeah. on like the that platform. And how many followers do you have now? Like you have a pretty big account. Yeah. Um, right now I have 33.2K. Wow. Yeah. And what's it been like as it's grown? Like how do you feel like it's changed? Yeah, it's definitely at first I was like in college like super depressed so it was like really depressing stuff in the beginning (laughs) and then as like I got a little older and like finished college it ended up being more like relatable and funny once I got into body positivity then I started getting into the fat memes fat memes got it (laughs) like the niche thing I was talking about earlier but Paige also makes memes about mental health and being queer. And to make these topics accessible and more relatable, Paige will build off other meme templates. That way people already understand the outlines of the meme and then she gets you with the radical body positivity. Can you talk about like your journey that you mentioned between like more 
non-specific memes to like more body positive or like fat positive things and like does that specificity feel different when you're creating them yeah before when i was doing more mental health memes it was more like i was following the trends of other pages that i was following and it just like started getting really repetitive and then i put out a fat meme once and everyone loved it and i was just what was it well this one was last month it was when you claim you're an intersectional feminist, but your raging fat phobia tells us otherwise. Yeah, a lot of people sent that one to me. Yeah, that one got, a, like, a lot of interaction. And I was like, you know what? This might work. <laughs> when you're thinking about it working, does that mean, like, like, what does that mean to you? Because being forward-facing about fat positivity doesn't, it's not exactly a way to get, like, Love. not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, when you say it works, like, what does that mean for you? Like, it strikes a chord or, like, people identify with it? Yeah, I definitely get a lot more discourse in the comments. A lot of people fighting with each other, with me, or praising it, or just being confused and, like, wanting to be educated. And I think it's a good discourse to start on Instagram with a meme that a lot of people are seeing. Do you ever go into the comments or do you stay out of there? No, I usually do go in the comments. At first, like, I was, like, very afraid because I didn't want to get made fun of or attacked. But then I kind of developed a thicker skin and was just like, I'm going to tell you exactly why you're wrong. (laughs) And I didn't care what they thought or what they said. So I do go in the comments and they do get mean, but that's okay. (laughs) I want to go back to the hive mind thing and figure out what exactly makes a meme funny. You can kind of break the humor down into relatability. Like, the most basic memes are like reaction gifs. The one of Raven Simone chewing her gum and darting her eyes back and forth. You know that one? Like, that expresses an emotion very clearly, but in a way that's different from words. Um, There are more complex forms, like labeling memes. That's like the boy looking over his shoulder meme, like the, you know, cheating boyfriend meme or whatever. That's where you can say a bit more than a reaction meme because you have multiple characters. It's like a little story you get to tell. And beyond there, there's a world of really weird surrealist meta memes. These ones sometimes you get and it feels like really good. Like, wow, I thought I was the only one. And then it has 500 likes and you're like, cool. Or sometimes you see one and you're like, what? (laughs) Like that does happen to me. Sometimes I see memes and I'm like, I have no idea what this is talking about. I asked Paige where she thought she fit in into this little galaxy of memes. My favorite kind of memes are star packs. I think those okay. are the funniest <laughs> uh, because when you look at them, you're just like, I know that exact person and yeah. it's hilarious um, or I'm exactly like that or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm also the reaction image, like with the text on top and the photo on the bottom. And then I also really like the one like the boyfriend cheating one where you have like a big picture of a bunch of people and you're labeling and you label it yeah like this is my anxiety this is me and this is me not doing anything yeah. about it those are think, my three top ones i think memes popularity right now really has a lot to do with why astrology is popular right now 
like yes. they feel very related to me and that I think people are just looking for categories to sort themselves into or ways to talk about themselves. It's all just people looking for shorthands. I mean, that's that's part of the reason I love things like memes or astrology or even like personality tests. It's less that it taps into some universal truth and more that I think it's just tools for people to talk, to express things or to like get ideas out, you know? And memes mm-hmm. are very accessible. Like some of them can be very sophisticated, but they're also very accessible to anyone who has an internet connection basically yes, definitely instagram's free <laughs> it's like you have to have a phone you know or whatever yes but everyone can be on instagram and be introduced to various things have you seen in those comments of sections of your especially your body positive or fat positive memes have you seen people get educated or like learn things and like grow from them do you think um i think that they learn some things like they're not gonna learn all about body positivity in one day but they might learn a little bit they might have their opinions challenged at the very least which is a start you know yeah so when and when we talk about like you did a fat positive meme and then you felt like encouraged to continue doing them Mm -hmm. do you feel like creating them has helped you bolster your own fat positivity or like self-image talk about that interaction a little yeah definitely when you get a lot of people cheering you on and telling you that they have the exact same experience. You feel you feel a lot less alone and just the past year in general I've been getting a lot more body positive. Like I don't care what's flattering. I don't care what people think of me. I'm just like I'm going to wear the wide leg jeans even though they probably make me look a lot bigger. <laughs> but I think they're so cute. So I'm going to wear them and I really think that the meme account is like a big part of my confidence levels and that why is that why do you think that happened just like being so vulnerable on instagram is like a blessing but also a curse because like i have friends who follow it and i'm just like oh my god like (laughs) don't listen to me (laughs) this is for strangers what about being vulnerable to strangers about it is like easier than being vulnerable to your friend what about that allows you to get further into body positivity stuff i don't know any of these people so like part of me doesn't care what they think but i also like completely care what they think like if they're cheering me (laughs) on like i'm just like yes i love you thank you it's just like it's such a different atmosphere when you're because everyone on my meme account is like pretty much on the same boat as me where my friends aren't on meme accounts all the time so their perception of the internet is different than mine. Mm-hmm. Being vulnerable to all these people is like super therapeutic. I think for me, starting to talk more publicly about fat stuff, it allowed me to become more confident or become more able to be vulnerable about it. Did you find that too? Like that it wasn't, it's not just like you start talking about it and you stay the same level of it. I feel like talking about it in public makes you get like more radicalized (laughs) yes definitely my girlfriend's fat too so we're just like we go everywhere and we're just like we're fat we need the fat seats (laughs) give us the fat seats that's amazing we're we're very um we're we like to be do things that are good for the fellow fats we always say i love that whenever we go to the restaurant we always like rate like the chairs and we we rate the seating and we're like is this good for the fats and we like discuss (laughs) it (laughs) i love that (laughs) and it's fun it's it's a good time here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Can I just say, what a dream to be in a queer fat relationship. So now that we have some meme basics, a starter pack, if you will, I wanted Paige to give us a verbal description of one of her body posse memes. I did a, a starter pack that was called shit fat people have to endure. Oh my God. So I posted this to my story and so many people were like, oh no, like <laughs> it was so relatable. <laughs> so just to like review for, for, for my mom, a starter pack meme is like, you know, if you get a starter pack from any kind of company, then it's going to have the things you need to start that kind of hobby or start, you know, you can get a starter pack for growing your own vegetables outside. You'll get like a bunch of seeds and instructions or whatever. So the idea of a starter like a pack shop. is that it has all of the core components of it, of a particular group of people or a particular experience something that's not actually something you can buy just like like it's called a starter pack but it looks like a fashion flat lay and then it's just like random things that remind you that experience so describe this one to us so if you grew up fat you have worn a cold shoulder <laughs> t-shirt in your oh life God. from lane bryant it was probably sparkly or <laughs> something along the lines yeah um so we have that we have <laughs> just lane bryant and toward in general yes we have chafing cream because oh summertime was really hard for us yes i have a picture of an auditorium seating with a big <laughs> red x over it <laughs> because we cannot sit in them <laughs> high school was so hard oh when we had God. to go to assemblies yes there is also a google search for wide width shoes oh my god because those are that impossible. was so <laughs> triggering i was like oh my god <laughs> it's hilarious um, there's also a text message that says you look so good have you lost weight oh my god just yep. like that <laughs> yep um there is the biggest loser because who didn't watch that oh my god we all did <laughs> Weight Watchers, Lean Cuisine. There's a Diet Snapple, peach flavored specifically. Me and my oh girlfriend my believe that. <laughs> I don't know why. I saw that and I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like did we all don't... have the same experience? Literally. I don't understand. My grandma used to shove those down my throat when I was a child. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I drank so many of those. I don't know why. I mean, they're kind of good. I, I'll still reach for one. <laughs> like, they are good. It's just very weird to me that that's... A shared experience. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, okay, there's also one of those premier chocolate um, protein shakes that are disgusting. Yep. A Diet Coke, because I love Diet Coke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's also an eating disorder self-assessment quiz. 
love this kind of meme for fat people because it's like for a lot of things in the fat experience you wonder is this all fat people or is this my secret or something that i feel embarrassed about or even something nice like you don't always know if something is a shared experience and from this you can just know it was all of us or at least a lot of us i started realizing this just talking to other fat people and then of course talking to april and starting the pod when you finally start to talk to other fat people about being fat it's like a whole new world opens up some of that connection can be really hard like fat activism can feel intense and serious at times and you know doing this work can also get into some introspection and trying to you know work on your own internalized fat phobia or even other things like you know internalized whiteness or like internalized colonialism stuff that we're always working on trying to deconstruct if you're a white person in America so it can be a really joyful thing to kind of look at these pages like memes for validation and laugh about parts of your experience that that feel connecting and and less like hard work than a lot of these other things. The thing is, this really effective equation for relatability, it can also be kind of dangerous. For one thing, there are white supremacist fears on the internet thriving and recruiting through memeing. These groups work through the meme model of replication and iteration. Like Paige said, that way your audience is drawn into the new thing you're saying by the things they already understand. For a really good example of this, there are two um, Reply All episodes, number 77 and 81, which we've linked in the show notes. They're about how the Pepe the Frog meme was taken up by white nationalist racists and Trump supporters um, and kind of talks about how that happened in the 2016 election. So during those iterations, some memes lose their initial context. Like when people use the Pepe meme to support like Nazis, they're not thinking about its origin from a stoner comic. And uh, that stoner comic origin kind of ceases to be relevant to the current iteration of the meme. Like you can't really reclaim it, you know, once it's gone Nazi. I wrote about this last year for The Verge, but in kind of an opposite situation, how an initially fatphobic meme lost its context, and it turned into a meme that kind of felt body positive to a lot of people. Maybe you've seen it. It's the absolute unit meme. It's pretty simple. Just a picture of a chubby cat or a fat squirrel or something, and then the comment, absolute unit, or what an absolute unit. Cute, right? Where it came from, less cute. The original picture was a large man standing behind the Queen of England with the caption, in awe at the size of this lad, absolute unit. Uh, All this original tweet is doing is gaping at the size of a real person and noting how weird or non-standard his body is compared to the quote-unquote norm. And what sucks is that you can't take a piece of culture like this and set it apart from the context. The body-shaming origin of the absolute unit meme is still there in every iteration of the meme. So then even if someone shares it wanting to be body positive, there's no full assurance for me that this person is truthfully, harmlessly affectionate towards all kinds of big round bodies like mine. So there's a hard truth to meme, even though I love them, you can still love them. (laughs) Memes are made with um, social and cultural consciousness and they're kind of this sweet spot of education and humor. Just have to kind of think about them a little bit more than it might seem at first. So Coming up after the break, we'll talk to the creator behind an account that focuses on education and humor, um, specifically only around body positivity.
Today's episode is sponsored by Vanilla Co. Y'all, you know I love makeup and creating fun looks, but you know what I don't love? Taking all of that makeup off at night. It's so boring and not fun. That is until I met Clean It Zero by Vanilla Co. This stuff is the holy grail of makeup removers, meaning it's also a cleanser. Usually I just pick one or the other and my skin suffers or I have to use more than one product. With Clean It Zero, I can melt my makeup away in under a minute and it never leaves my skin dry or tight. The only thing tight about Clean It Zero is the skin loving ingredients. There's no sulfates, there's no alcohol, there's no artificial coloring. See it for yourself at vanillausa.com and save 10% off your purchase with promo code SAF10. Right now they have free shipping, so hop on it. That's B-A-N-I-L-A-U-S-A.com, promo code SAF10 and hop over to our Instagram to see how much I love my Vanilla Co. Clean It Zero cleanser. We've talked about our counselors on the pod before, and you know we're all about unpacking our feelings. That's why we want to talk about BetterHelp Online Counseling. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, anxiety, relationships, family conflicts, LGBTQ stuff, and more. All that good stuff. BetterHelp lets you connect with your counselor conveniently and safely in a confidential online environment. You could do it in your PJs, which is sometimes how I show up to therapy anyways. Sign up today to schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. SAF listeners can save 10% off their first month with code SAF. Get started today at betterhelp.com SAF. You'll fill out a little questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. You know where therapy stands, so go to betterhelp.com with code SAF for 10% off. My name is Emily. Uh, I run a fat feminist meme account called Fat Baby. And uh, yeah, it's just sort of memes that I make out of shitty and annoying experiences that fat people go through. (laughs) My gosh. What got you into making memes? Like, how did that start? I had never, like thought about it I had never considered it I just truly one day started (laughs) I was like what if I just make a meme and then it just kind of snowballed and I went into like a trance and I made a bunch of them and then I started an account for now fat baby is exclusively on Instagram and it feels like that's really connected to the type of content she's putting out I've noticed that even though memes are based on that fun, but also scary repetition and heightening, Instagram seems to have a lot more original memes, which maybe allows for a bit more political divergence. I think that something so interesting is happening where there's so much social commentary and like political mobilization happening on Instagram via memes. Like there's so many like intersectional feminist meme accounts that I follow and racial justice accounts and like every different type of social justice. There's great people to follow who are like creating memes that kind of let you into their experience. And I think kind of like, yeah, spread information and allow empathy for experiences that you don't understand. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Would you consider your memes comedy or more like activism or both? Both. I would like to think. (laughs) 
<laughs> Both. I, it honestly started as, like, comedy. Like, I was just kind of, like, whatever, like, fucking around and just turning shitty things into funny things. <laughs> but then kind of as people started engaging with it, and I was like, oh, maybe this is actually an activist account. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Some of the function of memes right now is like some of the ones you're talking about that I've seen, I don't know if I would call those memes as much as explainer, like mm. infographics with a meme yeah. overlay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, because they're not like to be passed around or like you can't uh, iterate them really. They're just right. like to be like for their own explainer purpose for those yeah. other feminist accounts. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of the images you use, I feel like are more traditionally memes in that it's like, someone could iterate off of them, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know? What do you hope to accomplish through your memes? Is, is it stress relief or community building or resistance or, like, all of those things or mm. what? Hopefully all of those things. Like, I started out having absolutely zero goals or I honestly didn't think I would ever have any followers. I was just like, whatever, let me try this out. I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> but I think, like, as soon as I started to get like more followers and get people kind of clearly engaging in a really sincere way I was kind of like oh I oh I have some responsibility here to like to this community and so I guess my goal is just to create material that is kind of cathartic for me but also to create like avenues for empathy and avenues for solidarity between myself and other fat people who are experiencing the same things. Then also, I didn't go into it with this goal, but like I think having it be a a way that allies can learn about what behavior is shitty, um, just because that's, I've learned a lot from other meme accounts, like not fat meme accounts, but well, yes, also fat meme accounts, but just across kind of all different communities, I've learned so much about how to kind of pay attention to the ways that my privilege is playing out in the world and the types of behaviors that are anywhere from annoying to like straight up oppressive um, to people who with marginalized identities that I don't have. So that's huge. If I can create something that teaches someone how not to speak to their fat friend, that's great. (laughs) I love that. Like, I remember first seeing memes, like those image macros, like a lot of early internet slash Reddit stuff. I mean, I guess that's not early internet, but for uh, our generation, I guess, early internet Reddit stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very like, it felt in the same camp as like trying to be a cool girl with the guys memes. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, a, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of those memes were very like misogynist slash uh-huh. like very like, mm-hmm. I'm horny and women suck, basically. And, Mm -hmm. like, it's very cool now to have these memes and, like, have have stuff have developed in a way that I'm, like, okay, cool. Now there's actually stuff that, like, is connecting my, like, millennial, very online persona with my fat activist persona. You know what I mean? I'm, like, cool. Mm. I can connect these things. I don't have – it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be just, like, library books, which is, like, you know, those are great, too. But it's fun to be able to be, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, my language – yeah. Do you know what I mean? To get to participate that way, for sure. I absolutely know what you mean. Because I used to, in the, like, early kind of, like, Reddit phase, I, like, hated memes. I thought they were, like, so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and because I kind of hated that <laughs> that type of, like, like 
misogynist, like, nerdy white yeah. dude on Reddit. <laughs> and I always, yeah, felt so, like, alienated from that. And so I think it's so true. And it's so cool to see that, like, all of the kind of creators of, like, internet culture now, I would say are, like, at least the best ones are, like, people with marginalized identities. Like, Black Twitter is, like, f- creates, like, every... <laughs> I know cultural phenomenon it feels like which is interesting because it's like you know turned that's turned into its own problem where it's like mm. so many black like culture or meme creators are like not credited for their content then or yeah. whatever yeah. like it's just interesting how yeah. memes are just another place where the power structures of the outside world have like replicated themselves in various ways you know totally which yeah. is why I, I really feel like fat memes have only come around in the last like year or two honestly it's like obviously Mm -hmm. fat activism and fat positivity have been around for a long time but i really think this is like a new thing don't you think i I, like never saw them before i never saw them before like i saw my friend allison who's like this rad fat scholar (laughs) posted that like a miss piggy meme that was like a twitter like it was a photo and a tweet that was oh my god what was it oh it was a photo of Miss Piggy, like, taking selfies, I think. And it's me while everyone else is dieting so they don't look like me. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. And I tried to find who originally created it, and I couldn't tell who exactly it was. But that was the first fat meme I had ever seen. And that was, like, maybe six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and It, uh, it really yeah. feels like now there's, there's this new... I don't want to call it a new wave because that has different connotations in feminism. But like (laughs) there's like a new generation of people getting into fat activism who are, you know, much more comfortable online. And it's interesting because like historically Mm. I feel like online has been a very unsafe place for fat people to talk about stuff. And now it's like I know that um, there have always been like live – there were live journals and there were Tumblr blogs like Gabby Fresh used to run those and like Mm -hmm. there were like the fat chinista pages and like little Mm -hmm. in community stuff but um those were like smaller not smaller in in like a they weren't important way but just like they were they were more private spaces like there were places that was like all fat people or whatever having fat memes feels like a totally different thing that's like oh cool like finally it feels like fat activism or fat positivity body positivity as like a more general sense is more mainstream in a way that's finally allowing things to become quote-unquote relatable in a funny way right what do you think about that totally it feels so so new to me and like even I mean I know uh, the internet is still like such an unsafe space for fat people yes definitely (laughs) in most areas and I I kind of struggled with that when I started my I was like should I make this private like I don't want any assholes to come here (laughs) I think that was like partially why no it's not I wanted to be anonymous so that I could be like uninhibited by yeah yeah everything but partially it was also like I know that if I also put my fat body on this page it'll be a different thing for me and I'm gonna have to like deal with some some stuff that I don't really want to deal with totally (laughs) and and that so many people are doing that and I like respect that so 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 much because it's just the hatred is like so it's crazy I have been surprised by so far like knockwood the like lack of Mm. mean (laughs) comments that I've gotten on Instagram I think mostly because people follow me because they know the podcast I'm not creating blog posts or anything you know and so like 
if they follow me, it's because they know me from my fat activist persona. And that makes it easier. And then also like a lot of men follow me and I block almost every man who does follow me. And that has made my space very safe. Nice, 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 nice. <laughs> um, I'm just like, why are you here? I don't trust you. If they're not yeah. fat, like, I mean, when I'm saying I block men, it's like a lot of times I'll get a follower that's like, Rodney, 42, his bio is a Bible quote. He's in the military. <laughs> and then he has a line in there that says, like, I love fat women. And I'm like, no. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I'm going to block you. No. No, thank you. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? No, not for me. Thank you. No, not for me. I have plenty yeah. of, like, male followers who are, like, especially queer male f- followers who are, yeah. like, lovely. But, yeah. yeah, I'm not trying to be anyone's, like, Fetish. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So... It feels gross to get those hey messages from like fetishy men, but it also feels good to hit decline and immediately block. (laughs) And it feels great to not have stuff show up on my feed that I don't want to see, which is why I think so much of the body positive journey starts for a lot of people with following fat positive accounts and allowing that relatability with something like fat memes. So as fat memes get more and more popular, it makes me feel hopeful because we're finally looking at it in the face. We're finally being like, it is funny. There are a lot of hilarious things about being fat that right now I don't feel like I can make jokes about except with other fat people because I can't be sure that other people will laugh about it like in the right way. Emily told me that in part, that's why she's been semi-anonymous as fat baby. She told me until that recently, she didn't have many fat friends. So it can feel like people close to her wouldn't really understand this part of her, but she's getting ready to rip off the bandaid and come out as fat baby to her friends. I have a master's degree in, in sociocultural anthropology. Oh, cool. um, and anthropology talks a lot about like, individual and community agency and like the subversion of power and um how people can like be really creative in in exercising their agency and making choices and uh subverting power structures within like the different types of oppression that they experience or like political power that they can't really maybe change yeah i think memes have a lot of like agentic subversive power to them because you're like taking experiences or taking shitty power structures and just like creating your own little like product out of it i don't know or your own little like experience and like humor i think like there's so much i mean i'm sure there's like a lot academically that's been written about like the power of humor in that way and I think memes really fit into that and then plus there's like this wild component that is the internet (laughs) yeah so it's like internet humor I think has like so much interesting opportunity for like the subversion of of power dynamics a lot of the like studies about memes have to do with like negative social things being replicated through them like there's a lot of very clear research and like documentation of for example like how how alt-right memes lead to people being um radicalized if they look at them literally like a clockwork orange a little bit where it's like if you look at too many hateful things you start to think Mm -hmm. about it or like a lot of people in if you watch those flat earth documentaries they're like oh yeah i thought it was funny and then uh i believed it like holy shit (laughs) like you know but I'm very curious about like if the same effect is true in a positive way that 
if more mm. people look at more fat memes, they might become more fat friendly or fat positive, you know? I feel like it yeah. probably works that way. I think so. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that there's like totally opportunity there for for like fat positivity to spread because memes are so funny because they make you realize or I guess so powerful because they can make you realize how silly something is that you think <laughs> and you're like oh <laughs> like as soon as someone kind of points it out you're like oh fuck <laughs> yeah um yeah, I think they're totally. really they have that like subtle little power to do that which I really like totally like I feel like most memes can be summed up like if I had to zoom way out to a categorization of most memes it would be the the, the internet neologism lol sob where it's like lol <laughs> yeah. it's just like yeah, yeah that's about it yeah. like it's even totally fat memes true. I feel like except for when yeah. they're under it's like lol sob or it's wholesome memes which are not really that funny because they're right. just like about being like yeah that's nice <laughs> Yeah, totally. The most recent meme that I did was like something that I realized that was so sad. <laughs> do you have? Can you do you have it up on your browser? Can you get it up too so you can explain sure, some of sure, it? Sure, sure. Okay. All right. So the photo is um, a close-up face shot of the the Instagrammer Mr. Krish, who used to be a Vine star, and it's just like him making this like excuse me <laughs> face. <laughs> it's like so offended. <laughs> And uh, the meme text says, me scrolling through a friend's Insta, realizing how few pics they've posted of me versus thin friends they're not even as close with. <laughs> oh my god. I shared it Which... to my story. Sometimes I share <laughs> your post to my story, and then literally all my re- all the replies are just like, ow, for like hours. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Oh no. <laughs> just like, everyone's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of them are a bit brutal, but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very real. I also had a bunch of my real life friends respond and they're like, oh my God, did, is this me? Do I do this? And I was like, I well, don't know. This... Do you want to examine yourself? <laughs> did you I know? It? I was like, this is one of the reasons that I like staying anonymous because I'm like, I know that my friends will fr- just be like, feel so bad if they go yeah. through their Instagrams and see that they haven't posted anything of me. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I'm like, should you feel a little bad though? Like maybe, <laughs> you know? Maybe. I love you, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) This image also, I feel like, is like, he could be, like, offended, but he also could be about to cry in this picture. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) His eyes are, his eyes are wild in this. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Have you found, like, other fat positive meme accounts? Like, can you give us some recommendations? I know there's one called shoot i believe it's body positive memes there's a lot of counts that kind of do like a mix like there oh there's a uh, fat goth g-a-w-t-h makes fat memes a lot of them are like people's kind of personal accounts or uh, whatever like a hybrid of a personal account and a meme account or they'll make memes about other stuff too i haven't i don't think seen any other ones that are just dedicated to making fat memes but there's some amazing account like I love uh oh, there's so many cool fat accounts <laughs> I love historical fat people is a, I love that is one, a favorite yeah. oh my god I love so that account there's another one that's like fat art gallery that's kind of similar that's like sharing paintings and stuff with fat subjects oh fat mermaids makes kind of like those infographic type memes sometimes 
We'll link all those in the show notes along with memes for validation and fat babies. So you can start filling up your feed with some dank fat memes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm very excited to see your account grow. I hope it grows in a way that is safe and healthy for you and not with a lot of mean stuff. Is there anything else you want to say to the listeners in general? Like if you want to make fat memes, make them. If you want to make any other type of fat content, make it. Because I think there is like, it's a really, it's kind of an exciting time to be fat right now. Yeah. (laughs) With like Shrill and Lizzo and like Dumplin' and like kind of, it's like we're just getting into the mainstream and I think there's so much opportunity for like cool creative fatties to like make cool shit and put it out there. So I I just encourage people to do that. So there you have it, Fat Molly. We've solved the question of is being fat funny? Just kidding. We've given you a little intro to fat memes. To wrap up the episode, I'm going to let you hear my favorite audio memes with absolutely no context, and you'll hear from us again next Thursday. In the show notes are some more resources, of course, and the favorite meme accounts of the creators we interviewed today. Bye! Somebody touch my spaghetti! How do you know what's good for me? That's my opinion! on all levels except physical i am a wolf and that's our show she's all fat was created by me sophie carter khan and the iconic april k quio who is on a break this season you know what she said to me the other day though was there's not wood to be chopped outside We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's all fat pod.com. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was co-produced and edited by Maria Wortel. Our junior producer is Lynn Barbera. Our lovely, amazing new interns are Freya Salander and Yelly Cruz. I am our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye. seemed like I was whining which was the tone I wanted (laughs) this is like it's like the exclamation point in an email problem where you're like how many is the right what's the right tone that doesn't sound absolutely off the wall yeah exactly planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.